Welcome to this series of Bible lessons on the New Testament. In these 42 lessons, we will teach the history of the Lord Jesus as delivered to us in the four Gospels. We will start with the days that led up to Christ's humble birth in Bethlehem. We will then look at his blessed ministry, his suffering, his death, and resurrection. His humble life on earth concludes with his ascension, and after this, the blessed outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Lastly, we will teach the calling and ministry of the greatest evangelist that ever lived, Paul the Apostle. These last lessons are taught from the book of Acts and include Paul's missionary journeys. Be sure to use the lesson guide with questions and knowledge exercises presented with these lectures. We hope these lessons are a blessing to you. Thank you. In lesson 14 of our Bible study on the life and ministry of Christ, we wish to study about Herod troubled by the power of Jesus and Jesus feeding the 5,000. So again, two parts. First, Herod troubled by the power of Jesus. We find this recorded in Mark 6, verses 14 through 29. And then in part two, we will see Jesus feeding the 5,000, which is recorded in Mark 6, verse 30 through 44. So first, Herod troubled by the power of Jesus, as is recorded in Mark 6, verse 14 through 29. And so the question would arise, why is Herod troubled? Well, as Jesus' fame spreads throughout the land, then Herod also hears of the miracles that Jesus has performed. And then Herod's conscience begins to speak, because he believes that John the Baptist has risen from the dead. And his conscience then is speaking. And conscience is that little, small, inner voice that tells us when we have done something wrong. And then Herod's conscience is reminding him that he is guilty of beheading John the Baptist. Then the question would come, why did Herod kill John the Baptist? What had John the Baptist done wrong? Well, nothing. But John the Baptist was a bold preacher, a preacher of righteousness, a preacher of repentance. And he did not spare Herod in his preaching because Herod had married his brother Philip's wife, Herodias. And when John then hears this, he tells Herod clearly that that is not lawful, that is against God's commandments. Now Herodias, when she hears this, oh then as she wants Herod to kill John the Baptist, she is so angry with him. But Herod does not dare to do this at this time 
but instead he takes John the Baptist and puts him in prison. Oh, he was under the impression that John the Baptist was a just and a holy man. Oh, while John was in the prison, there were even times that Herod would ask him to come and preach for him. He actually liked to listen to John. But then we follow the events that take place. Because on Herod's birthday, he has gathered together all his captains and his nobles. And he has made a large feast for them. And while they are eating and drinking, yes, drinking too much wine, then Herod calls for the daughter of Herodias, Salome. He calls her to come and dance for all these men. All we should warn our young daughters that they should never enter into such a company, especially of drunk men. But Salome goes and she dances for those men. And Herod and the men, the nobles and captains, uh, they are delighted, they are impressed with her dancing. And so when she is finished, then Herod says to her, he says, what shall I give you for this performance? Ask me anything you want. And then he even makes an oath and says, even if it is half of my kingdom. Oh, there you can tell that Herod is not thinking straight. He is under the influence of alcohol. Because who would give half his kingdom away? But... When Salome hears this, oh, then she does not know what to ask for, but she goes to her mother, Herodias, and she tells her, she says, Herod has promised to give me anything I ask. What shall I ask for? And oh, then Herodias is a wicked woman, and she sees her opportunity here uh, to uh, find vengeance upon John the Baptist. Oh, she says, you must go back to Herod and you must ask him for the head of John the Baptist. Now, which young woman would do this? Well, Salome does this in obedience uh, to her mother. She goes back uh, to Herod and she says, I would like to have uh, the head of John the Baptist. Oh, Herod is shocked when he hears this. He had not counted on this. He had not expected this. But what must he do? In front of her and in front of all these captains and nobles, he has sworn an oath. Oh, then he must also do it. He is ashamed to break the oath and to say, no, that I may not do. But what does he do? He sends a soldier to the prison. And there he is. John the Baptist is beheaded. What an awful thing. For not for John the Baptist. He is immediately delivered. He is immediately released of his toil on earth. And 
may enter into an eternal rest, an eternal glory. But <clears throat> this soldier now takes the head and lays it in, on a charger, a large plate, we would say, and he brings it uh, to the damsel, to Salome. And then as she takes that head and she brings it to her mother, Herodias. Oh, there uh, we see uh, the awful end of John the Baptist and why Herod is troubled because he is guilty. His conscience is still speaking, still telling him, but we do not believe in reincarnation, that the dead come back in a higher level. But we know that John the Baptist has gone to heaven and that Herod must learn to know that it is Jesus Christ who is performing all these miracles. Then the disciples of John the Baptist, when they hear what has happened, uh, they take his body and they bury it in a tomb and they go to Jesus to tell him uh, what has happened. Then in part two, we turn to Jesus feeding the 5,000. As is recorded in Mark 6, verse 30 through 44. Jesus is again preaching to the multitudes along the Sea of Galilee. And as the multitude has grown, Jesus now tells his disciples, he says, we must go, we must find a place of rest uh, because we cannot continue every day and all day. And so uh, they uh, go to his ship and start sailing along the coast of the Sea of Galilee. But the people uh, see where this ship is sailing and they uh, begin to run along that coast. And then uh, they come to the place where Jesus and his disciples are planning uh, to dock uh, on in a desert place. And they're in an open area. And there that multitude again gathers around Jesus. And then Jesus is filled with compassion. He looks upon this multitude, and when we say multitude, we will see that it is at least 5,000 men plus women and children. Can you imagine such a large multitude group of people gathered around Jesus? Jesus is filled with compassion. He says they are like sheep without a shepherd. Oh, they are looking for the food that I have to give them. God's word is food for their souls. And then they continue to listen to Jesus preaching well into the day, even into the evening. And when the disciples realize that the day is almost over, they go to Jesus and they say to him, Master, send these people away. Send them to go find food for themselves somewhere in the villages or in the country. 
But then Jesus turns to his disciples and he says, Give ye them to eat. Ah, the disciples look at Jesus. Does he really mean this? How are they supposed to feed this large group of people? They say, even if we had 200 pennies worth of bread, that wouldn't be enough to feed this group. But then Jesus says, what do you have? And the disciples go through the multitude to see what they can find. And all they find is a lad, a young boy, who has five loaves and two fishes. And they bring that to Jesus. And they say, this is all that we have. Oh, then look what Jesus does. He commands the multitude to sit down. Oh, then Jesus does believe in order as well. They must sit down in companies of 50 or of 100. And then Jesus looks up to heaven. He prays for a blessing upon this food. And then he begins to break that bread and to give it to the disciples to distribute to all those people. And he does likewise with the fish. And he continues to break and continues to break. And the disciples continue to bring that food around. Oh, do you see the miracle that Jesus is able uh, to multiply the loaves and the fishes? Because it says that all of them ate and had enough. And there were even leftovers. Oh, then Jesus even tells his disciples to take a basket and to gather the leftovers, the fragments that have remained. Oh, then we see so clearly Jesus' power demonstrated in the feeding of the 5,000. But there are also some practical lessons for you and for me. The first one is, do we pray for a blessing upon our food? Because we need God's blessing upon that food so that it may nourish our bodies. But also, Jesus teaches us another lesson, and that is, what do you do with your leftovers? Do we throw them in the garbage? Are we wasting the food that God gives us? Oh, when we are called to be stewards, then we are called to be stewards of everything, even the small things, even the leftovers. Oh, that we may be thankful for the food that God gives us, especially when there are so many who must suffer. But may we also learn to pray not only for our daily bread, but above all, for the food that never perisheth, that is, the word of God, that it may become food for our souls. Thank you.